India Charts the truth about the markets India Charts publishes Nifty Daily daily video updates the weekly Elliott Wave outlook and the long shot report covering all asset classes Hi everyone this is the 3rd of March 2022 and is it really time to get apologetic or to celebrate what am i really talking about We've had a long debate on how you should really approach the market. I've tried to put out kicker videos that are often seen as a insult to the bears, forgetting that I was almost called perma bear prior to 2018 because I had a bearish outlook on uh, what equities were really doing. And the whole deal about this outlook essentially is whether you're really giving an outlook to trade the Nifty or you're giving an outlook on the market and. it's a very thin line between the two because of course if you think the market is bearish you do think that the nifty would underperform and typically go lower but one of the things that happened uh, in this time period specifically 2018 to 2020 is that even as the mid caps peaked out and were crashing throughout that time period for that entire two years uh, the nifty actually held out till the pandemic really took hold you know so till that point of time the nifty was gyrating and almost i think till september uh, i had the bearish stance till september of 2019 just before the tax breaks and once that sell off had taken place prior to the tax breaks because it was almost 4 months after the uh, second round second round of the existing government that is the modi government had been brought to power in uh, april may of uh, that year they presented the budget in june the budget was not appreciated market sold off and then they came the tax break so once you had that sell off it was looking very oversold and we were also 18 months into that bear market so for the first time after uh, you know several years of saying it's an economic winter i took a slightly bullish stance and that sort of played out till the pandemic came in in jan and feb of that year and of course by the end of feb the monthly momentum indicators crossed over to the sell side and i took a view that we are finally going into the fi- final round of the winter and that all played out in within a month which was like very fast but actually it was two years into a bear market you know so which is where not only price wise but historically time wise this was the longest bear market most of them have ended uh, within 18 months to 20, 21 months this one took 22 years means almost 25 months you know so this went out a little longer Uh, essentially because of that event otherwise uh, i would have thought that you know fine 18 months tax breaks maybe we are far into it and so that's where the view started to slightly change you know so that's how uh, the mindset change was really happening at the back of my head uh, but uh, the learning then was i think ever every time in history when i've been probably negative on markets we've seen it's always been an index top down approach where you get bearish on the index and then you look at stocks and find opportunities that can fall or you get bullish on the index and you find opportunities that can go up but here you had a time period where stocks were falling all over the place and the index was not really showing what was happening below the surface not just in mid caps but in so many sectors that had uh, you know underperformed for that entire decade uh, whether it was you know power metals real estate infra all these sectors took a hit because of the rollover effects of the previous bull market and the excesses that needed to be cleaned out and so the npa cycle turned turned up uh, the banking sector because of that took a hit uh, although because of the bfsi sector it's continued to look like financials were doing well even though npas were picking up till the ilfs uh, scandal really hit the street so that's what really happened in that time period 
and now can be really not very different i mean i've had the last four months you know thinking that well well i look at stocks and i look my look at my portfolio it looks like well the market should go up because these stock setups are still good and they've really done well some of them most of them have not really fallen so much at the same time the nifty is off a bit and there are many stocks that have actually got, uh, dropped you know 30 40 50 percent if you didn't have a a momentum cleanup strategy uh, or momentum portfolio strategy which is uh, you know something that i probably was doing without knowing that that's an actual uh, you know activated tra- strategy by some funds around the world it actually helps you stay pretty clean when you when you come to such periods where uh, you know a lot of stocks hit a drawdown and if you you're actively managing uh, the portfolio you're, you're moving out of stocks that stop performing and holding on to those that are doing fine so that sort of worked and broadly then when i look at setups they are still good which means the bull market is still intact and so what ends up happening is you have a bullish bias and you get the nifty wrong the exact opposite of what was happening in the prior period where the bearish bias was playing out in stocks and sector non-participation and stocks crashing but the index was not fully reflecting it now you have a you have a reverse scenario and let me tell you the advantage of so i know the disadvantage if i'm trading nifty and i would go wrong in this time period and there's a lot of zigzag movement but at the same time if you didn't have a bullish bias you wouldn't have been long some of the better sectors of the last two months and specifically i should speak about the last week to 10 days because this is where the metal stocks and the psu stocks a lot of which are you know power and energy stocks but essentially oil and gas i think uh, post the russian crisis that really zoomed up and have given uh, some outstanding returns uh, in the very very short term and if you didn't pick on that sectoral rotation you were simply looking at the nifty and thinking the market is supposed to crash usually in that mindset you don't end up taking any long positions or you don't really hold on to your longs and you miss out on the opportunity that was and so uh, so that's what it's really about uh, what is really happening below the surface and if we just switch back and switch, switch forward a little bit what you'll notice is uh, the strength really was in areas like banking and autos because everybody was starting to bet on the reopening trade and uh, into the budget and so those those sectors actually look strong to me i even thought it was impulsive for the bank nifty which turned out to be wrong but actually till mid of feb uh, it did look right and they were actually uh, the auto and banking indices were holding above the 61% retracement mark even after the first round of fears around a ukraine and russian strike uh, showed up you know so even then they didn't break that key level and so actually you had those two sectors outperforming uh, but moment attacks started and uh, russia moved into ukraine we've seen uh, those sectors actually take a hit they broke those levels and now in the last 7-8 uh, days as real, realization hits that the sanctions are and all the trade wars that are following the actual war are going to push up prices of commodities you suddenly have a rally not just in commodities oil gas and all related energy stocks and many of those oil gas and energy stocks are actually PSU stocks so uh, the bullish view on PSUs and on metals as such uh, has played out pretty well and specifically like I always have said in the last few months the shift from steel to base metals which is aluminium copper and so on uh, has actually taken place and those stocks were actually outperforming not just now but since november if you see uh, stocks like nalco and hindalco actually bottomed in november and they've been making higher highs and higher lows ever since against the market so actually that's been a single outperformance trade when you take a four month look close look at what they were doing what was really happening though is steel stocks were falling they seem to have probably bottomed out and turned around in the last 
week or so and so that's that's probably what has happened and of course you continue to see the uh, metal prices surge even today as i'm as i'm recording copper prices are again hitting a new high and uh, coming close to a breakout point from this entire congestion zone so my reference point actually goes back to 2004 2005 where there was another congestion zone i spoke about it in my midday insiders video where uh, for for more than a year a little more than a year the copper prices were actually stuck in a congestion zone they didn't go into a deep correction just like right now they are not doing that after a strong rally they went into a sideways consolidation and slowly started to turn up making higher highs higher lows and then uh, continuing the rally uh, upwards so we are sort of seeing a similar kind of move in copper it's not yet one year but we have seen it start trying to make higher highs and higher lows now i'm not sh- still sure that we've broken out of the range in fact i would sense that once the uh, you know the entire event that's happening which is uh, russia attacking ukraine once that really comes to a close you could see like we did see in between a slight negative reaction on a lot of these commodities and metals which are overshooting on the upside in hope or expectation that the problem will come to an end and maybe supplies will come back online but given the sanctions and the financial war it's not going to be an immediate case so all you might get is a short term knee jerk reaction in some of those markets where people are excessively speculating on the shortages based on the war and once the uh, war comes to a close then we will we will probably see slight mean reversion and uh, and then of course prices may not fall too much because even if there's a knee jerk reaction my sense is uh, that the type of uh, financial reactions that have taken place will not unwind so soon you know even if they are, they have to agree to maybe some new kind of deal and understanding sign some new mous uh, across uh, you know global nations that's how i'm trying to imagine uh, how this goes uh, i can't be sure but if you know eventually russia says okay fine we're going to set up a democratic government in ukraine tries to prove that the world overreacted to what it was doing and uh, then the world says fine but you you're going to sign these pacts that you're not going to do all this again if you really want us to remove the sanctions and by the time all that really happens we are like one year one and a half year down the line and you know if it takes that long you're still going to have shortages that we've created because of all the measures that have been put in place so uh, it's not going to be an easy way out of this now that you've really put these restrictions on russia which is one of the major oil and gas producers specifically for europe and some people that i speak to actually find it hard to digest how europe fell in for this because they are the ones that suffer the most from the entire process now of course uh, the good thing is europe is still not especially except for i think uk they've not really raised interest rates too much in the face of inflation and even as the fed says we'll continue down that path given that a lot of these price increases we are seeing right now are not really related to monetary policy something that i've argued previously and i think the fed also was arguing it but has uh, somewhat given it up because of political reasons the fact is that uh, going ahead with rate hikes is not really going to solve what is happening right now because a lot of these disruptions are now geopolitical more than anything else so either you slow down the entire economy you know or you start living with higher prices at the at the most you can do is keep prices from going up try to make them pause at some point so that the uh, inflation rate comes down the prices are not going to come down but you can you can slow down the rate of inflation by getting prices to pause at some point of time that was the hope i think and i was hoping that would happen but the war has really pushed that ahead so that's really uh, 
you know going to keep prices elevated for quite a while and eventually it's going to lead to everybody raising prices and try to equate this but the problem is that if demand is higher than supply then how can you keep price momentum from you know continuing to gyrate to the upside which is really going to make interest rate policy difficult so i don't know how that plays but one thing the fed has said is we are not going to go with 50 basis hikes i think in yesterday's statement they have sort of agreed to the idea or at least committed or made the mention stated the idea that they would start with 25 basis points and maybe hike every 7 to 8 weeks which is approximately 2 months so you expect a 25 basis hike every 2 months and that would give you around 4 to 5 hikes into the year end i think and if inflation does flatten a little bit in the second half of the year somehow then then they might not have to do that much Uh, but at least that's uh, sort of eased the market's concerns of you know them going ahead with 50 basis points hike or maybe even 75 basis points hike at the first go which clearly they're not going to do uh, but they're going to move in that direction so which is what i thought they would do early on and the uh, crisis the russian crisis has really helped them move in that direction so that sort of pushes you back from an extreme hawkish stance to a mildly hawkish bullish stance which means yes we are raising rates but we are going to go slow and the market might sort of try to like that a bit but what you are not you are still not going to like is prices are going to remain elevated so we we are just going to have to deal with that uh, as a, a market reality the good news in that is uh, if you are a market participant as an investor what you really have to think about is your asset allocation you know so do you really have an asset allocation towards oil gas metals and energy and if not and if you have been doubting that entire trade you just got yourself another reason to believe that that's the place you have to have some exposure and that's going to lead to a lot more money being allocated i think to these sectors uh, it's already probably started and uh, that's what is going to keep driving that price higher so i think uh, that sort of uh, sets a new ball rolling in terms of the momentum that you're going to see in the weeks and months ahead uh, for the commodities related sectors uh, what has not happened yet though is which, which is typical as you expect an inverse correlation with the dollar but because right now the dollar is being driven more by the geopolitical risk angle it is still at the top end of its range though sentiment has reached an extreme uh, we are close to another 9% low on the euro because the euro is 52% of the dollar index which means only 9% of traders are bullish on the euro the last time it happened it paused in uh, november and i think it tried to bounce back and then it's been again falling and bouncing and falling since then and we are once again at uh, that kind of an extreme low point so i do think we are getting to the end of this but uh, the actual turnaround is not going to happen till the war really comes to a close and the market can ease those pressures from the dollar itself and when that happens i will also expect uh, the jump up that we are seeing in gold and silver prices provide some reaction though i do think medium to longer term once the dollar starts to roll over gold prices are going to do uh, do well move higher but in the short term similar to what i said for the metals i think precious metals also get a knee jerk reaction when the russian crisis tries to blow over so this is what we are and we are in the midst of the end of probably one crisis which is the geopolitical war situation Uh, once we come to the end of that hopefully sooner than later we are going to enter the second one which is the financial war situation because of all the sanctions and measures taken against russia and, and we are going to be watching how they are going to respond to that economically or otherwise and that's going to you know create additional gyrations in different parts of the market based on how they respond so surely oil prices are not going to stay elevated they are spiked up to 120 on brent which i mentioned uh, in my 
post today and i had also although it was published yesterday and yesterday morning initially i put out something saying 154 dollars which people completely lost their mind so i said okay let me give a shorter term fibonacci structure level and we already close to 120 at 120 121 dollars on brent today morning so that's already achieved but we are still in wave 3 of 5 until we get to 5 of 5 the upside is not surely completely over and so you'll have to just wait for that structure to complete and for an actual price reversal which i think will happen only with the event and so once that happens i think oil is the one place uh, more than the other commodities where i would expect a slightly steeper cut Uh, and uh, m- uh, more because the entire structure from march 2022 where we are now will end up looking like a five wave advance in oil prices you know and so when you get a five wave advance you st- uh, you expect a more prolonged consolidation or correction and because oil is spiking up on fear the potential for a sharp reversal also exists in the short term and then a long consolidation phase till the uh, financial war blows over so i think that's what you need to be aware of this is not This is not the rise in oil prices that is going to be perpetual. This is what is the final stage of what happens in any commodity is the fear trade. You know, you fear that you know something is going to keep uh, prices elevated, and fear really drives the prices more than anything else. Which is why fifth waves in commodities are often extended, uh, whereas in equities, third waves tend to ha- uh, tend to have extensions more often than not. Of course, it's not a rule, but it's just a probability thing. Uh, the probability of fifth wave extensions is rather high in commodity prices because the fifth wave is driven by fear which is the exact opposite of what happens in equities where fifth waves or third waves are driven by greed and fear is seen more in bear market correction so this is the this is the inversion which really causes it and moment that fear trade ends uh, with the war then then that also reverses which is why what you have to be careful about if you are playing the fear trade in oil is uh, when it will reverse could be anywhere between 122 and 154 dollars which is i know a very big range but you just uh, that's just how panics are right they, they just spike to some point and then reverse and you have to be sort of prepared for that so it is true despite the recent correction in equities i will continue to have a bullish mindset looking for these opportunities i do think the metal trade is much longer than just a short term pop the only thing to watch out for is that one knee jerk reaction which happens if the war ends other than that it looks more like a secular trade and actually we're getting now the psu stocks to join in the only thing missing which will only come i think after all of this blows over is your banking and auto sectors which had started to pick up in jan and feb on the reopening trade come back and start supporting the reopening trade and and, and i would actually look at places like the hospitality industry also to gain traction because more than cars people would really want to go on a holiday is i think the one of the trends that that is very obvious i mean it comes to anyone's mind including my own that you want to travel or you want to go out and you, you know you're done with sitting at home and i think that's that's going to be one of the explosive spaces of uh, short term growth at least that we are going to witness so uh, the next trade after russia is going to be re- back to the reopening trade and i think moment you get signs of that which should be visible in the financial and uh, auto stocks uh, until that doesn't happen of course we are still under pressure even today i think both of those sectors were down you'll have to actually wait for a clear trend reversal uh, in those sectors to know that the worst is behind us in that sense though when i look at nifty i do sense maybe now uh, the worst is behind we are seeing a sort of intermarket divergence between nifty and bank nifty in the last two days where the banking stocks uh, the bank index is actually making a lower low the nifty has still not done that today and if we can hold that divergence which is somewhere within a day or two get a reversal in the financials then 
i think we can have a lasting bottom so that's that's what i'm watching out for that's what we'll be tuned into talking about over the next couple of days thank you nothing in this podcast is investment advice views on financial markets are in good faith to expand your understanding of how markets work please consult a registered financial advisor for the same and yes please share this podcast with everyone you think can benefit from this knowledge